You were just like I did at your age. Please don't say that, Dad. I'm 16 years old. I'm not a child. Don't you take that tone of voice with me, young lady. Love you, Dad. I love you too, son. Hello and welcome to episode three of Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. On today's episode, we will be looking at the epic film that is The Little Mermaid. We are your host, Eddie Ferguson. And I'm J.B. Wagner. Best friends since first grade. First grade. J.B., how is the family doing? Family's doing good. Uh, My daughter who is barely one years old, a little bit more than one years old, she um, has shown me that the stereotype of the um, of Disney of Disney princesses might actually be more true than just uh, a joke that we make when we talk about doing the Disney princess fall over when something bad happens and you just fall over, put your hands in front of your face and lay on the ground and cry. <laughs> There might be something genetic to it, because I swear we've never taught this to her, but my daughter does this whenever I say the word no. Sometimes when I spell it, N-O, she, her, she, her eyes get really big, and they well up, and they tear up, and then she just like loses it. But instead of, most kids are just like crying, she f- throws herself on the ground, <laughs> and then just starts like, hands over eyes, like, and I swear, I'm like, that is the Disney princess, and maybe this thing is more genetic than we thought i don't feel like we've taught her that maybe she's picked it up you'll know you'll know when her hair gets a little bit longer and if she can do kind of the fling of the hair Mm -hmm. and fall down like the the fling and the the hair everything no i get that but so it's it's been happening more and more recently so thinking about today's episode it's got a very iconic moment of that so I wanted to um, share that as my story for. But what is your dad response? My dad response was one. Does it melt it, you? Does it? Oh, it's sad. make you. It's dig your heels in. It, it sometimes it's very very sad, and it makes me want to give in immediately. And sometimes I laugh because I know it's all of an act. I know it's just an act. She's just trying to get what she wants. <laughs> Just wait till uh, they're teenagers. Oh, yeah. No, and there's definitely some moments that we're going to talk about today where I'm like, is that what I'm going to do as a dad? <laughs> it, when when she wants to do something and she and I know that I don't trust them at all. Don't don't go oh. into don't go into the light little don't go into the zapper little little bug. Please don't do that. I definitely definitely had some of those feels. But let's not hold back any longer. Let's mm. jump right in. Let's dive into let's dive let's dive into right what into is a groundbreaking movie groundbreaking an innovative movie i think you've got some i think you've got some some info for us eddie era defining innovative unprecedented of disney movies great let's cue that transition music disney sound effect engage So yes, we were talking about The Little Mermaid, and if you are living under a rock or have been buried in the bottom of the sea forever, let me give you the synopsis, the IMDb synopsis. A mermaid princess makes a 
Faustian bargain, Faustian bargain, in an attempt to become human and win a prince's love. Thank you, IMDb, for that Faustian So what is Faustian, first off? Faustian bargain sounds like something out of Shakespeare. So I had to look this up, and it literally means relating to or resembling Faust, a German astronomer. That doesn't, that doesn't, that's not worth it. Sorry, a German astronomer who gave his soul to the devil. There we go, there we go. Now that makes more sense, that last little part. When you sell of your soul. So I'm yes. looking here. I'm we're just we're literally just on Google right now. Uh, what did <laughs> Faust sell his soul for? To the demon in return for worldly knowledge and pleasure. That's very generic. This sounds yeah. better. This is true love. Love <laughs> at first sight. This is worth the Faustian, Faustian, Fauci bargain or whatever it's called. Right, right. <laughs> but anyways, moving on. The Little Mermaid. We we give all those accolades because uh, The Little Mermaid is distinguished as the turning point in Disney animation coming out of what was known as kind of their dark age the dark when age. they were making animated films that were eh, not so great. Um, then all of a sudden, Little Mermaid comes on the scene and people say it's the return of the golden age of Disney animation mm. and it breaks all of these records it wins multiple academy awards um it puts disney back on the map it's very iconic like there's so every song in this thing other than maybe the opening number every song in this movie is a classic every single one of them singable and sticks with you Every every last song, there's so many moments in it, especially, I mean, the, the big one is obviously the moment where she's singing the end of Part of Your World, and then the waves crash up and all around her. You've probably seen it on posters and everything like that, um, but my favorite is definitely once it does the reverse shot, and then it's moving away, and the water is completely still, and there's not a yeah. single wave anywhere. But for that moment... Again, it's a Disney reprise. That moment right there, <laughs> it's her singing it again. Love a good Disney reprise. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it, I think it's important to bring up the the music because this is the first big uh, um, Disney musical by Alan Menken and Howard Ashman. I feel like on. you've got some stories for us about Alan Menken and and uh, and his crew. <laughs> so, well, there's two really great documentaries on Disney Plus that I think uh, is worth a watch. The first one is called Waking Sleeping Beauty. If you've not watched that. It is phenomenal. I'm writing may, it down right now. We may need to just do a whole episode on that. It follows how Disney came out of their dark age of animation and into the Renaissance. And do all they the call it the dark it, age themselves? Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, they knew it. Okay, because they were making just failure after crap. failure. They're making crap. Yeah, um, you can say crap on this. It's still PG. <laughs> it's okay. Um. And so that's a really good documentary. Um, they the same team that did that just came out with a new one like two weeks ago on Disney Plus called Howard, which is about the lyricist Howard Ashman who wrote the the lyrics. And really, it was he ended up getting a producer credit on this movie because he had such a massive influence on the story and everything. Um, one interesting tidbit: the head of the studio was trying to cut part of your world. After the first screening, he thought it was too boring of a movie and kids wouldn't sit through that song. And so he kept trying to cut it 
and Howard Ashman just like fought, 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 fought for it. And now it's like the iconic song, not just of that of the movie, but it's like in the top five iconic Disney movies of all time. My wife and it was just almost cut. It we was were almost cut. We were just watching it and she was like, why do I feel like I learned somewhere that they were going to cut this song? And we thought maybe we got it mixed up watching uh, Frozen 2 Into the Unknown, the making of Frozen 2. Just thinking, oh, we we're just mixing it up. But no, you're telling us that that's actually what happened, almost yeah, happened. Yeah, and one of the selling points of keeping it in was Howard Ashman went to the head of the studio and said, you know they almost cut Somewhere Over the Rainbow out of Wizard of Oz. Aren't you glad they left that song in? Wow. And like a part of the full arguments and everything, the guy was like, okay, okay, we'll leave it. And in like the final screening before it went out to theaters, it just like exploded in numbers. All the focus groups like loved part of your world and it's is the song that it is today. I would love to know. I would love there to be like a a, a list of all the songs that were almost cut. Cause this is this is like second you've now said uh, over the rainbow. That's a third one. There's so yeah. many songs that like you just don't know if it's gonna work or not. You just don't know. Right. So the um this 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 team, Howard Ashman and Alan Minken, you may also recognize a few of the other movies that they did, like a little known movie called Beauty and the Beast mm. and Aladdin. Um, unfortunately, Howard Ashman passed away. Um, and so he wasn't able to continue to working, continue to work. Um, who knows, you know, what they, they could have produced together, but um, both are pretty prolific so that i think that is a huge part of the little mermaid is the songs and uh i mean under the sea kiss the girl i mean even ursula's kind of uh villainous song um it's just like one after another as i was watching this again today it was just like wow there's not a weak song in this there's not a dud there's not a dud in here usually it's like that's the song and the others just kind of are there this one is like the concert song at the beginning is the weak one, but it's kind of meant to be that way. I, I found myself, because uh, I haven't watched this in a really long time, I the story part of it that I had forgotten about, I had forgotten about that opening, um, not opening, but where Ariel first sees Prince Eric. I had forgotten uh-huh. about that whole interaction on the boat where you get a little bit more. I just, I only remember Ariel's part. In all in all the years as time as time has gone by, yeah, I only remember Ariel's part and and obviously the villain's part, Ursula's part, and all the other side characters. But I always forgot about Eric. Like I literally couldn't remember a single line he had done in it. So what stood out to me in rewatching this, as we think about going back and watching it, is there's actually, I mean, he's not an amazing character. He's not like the most rounded thing you've ever <laughs> you've ever seen. But I was I was grateful for the moments that Disney and the writers gave us to give him some sort of glimpse into him. So that first bit is when you when he when he is, receives the giant statue of himself uh-huh. and he just like cringes like he's not about he's not about the big well, life and stuff like and that. And even before then like I totally forgot how the movie opened. Like I thought In remembering back, I thought the movie opened with the concert scene with Triton and all the daughters and stuff. 
I forgot it actually starts on Prince Eric's yep. boat. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that opening with him was really unique. Sometimes exposition at the top of a movie to get it going is just weird and clunky. And that just seems like so smooth and natural. And we follow the fish. I thought oh, that was really funny. The, fish. the guy's like telling the story and slapping him around with the fish or whatever. And the fish jumps overboard. And then that's what takes us down into Ariel's world. I'm like, this is really creative and fun storytelling. It was, uh, I forget which one it reminds me of. It reminds me a little bit of Frozen where you're kind of hearing some of the story up on the hill and then you go down the hill to him. But um, the part that I really um, appreciated was that whole scene in the first storm. So not Ursula's storm, but that first storm, you see him jumping as a prince into the fray with his team, trying mm -hmm, to save mm -hmm. the ship, trying to save everybody. He literally pulls his, uh, his right-hand man out of the water, um, and then he goes and he does the save the cat moment, but it's save the dog. He goes back to get Max, <laughs> grabs Max and bring, and gets him out, and then he's tragically lost into the yeah. ocean for a moment. Um, I think that that at least gave him a little bit of sense of this is a good dude that mm -hmm. isn't too full of himself and just gave you a little bit of humanity in him. Now, he then goes on to be a completely oblivious human being the rest of the time. And I was actually pretty surprised at how much of the time he's basically treating Ariel up until the kissing, like the kiss song, um, kiss the girl song. He's basically like trying to get back to that elusive siren that saved him from the water. Oh, but this girl right here is fine. Even though she looks identical to the other one. Uh, he saw, he's like, well, the second time around, he was a little bit un under a spell. Well, I'm not talking even before. I'm talking about like just she shows up on land now with legs. And oh, he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, He's yeah. like completely, oh, I'm just, hey, I just the really want to get back to the, the voice. voice, the voice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but you're kind of cute and I'm going to help you. Okay, but the voice, let me get back to the voice. I'm like, bro, she was in your face two inches away from you and you can't remember right. that crazy dark, like, like, bold hair and the whole I, I i'd forgotten or i just never caught in the first pass when i was young when i was little that like that back and forth of just like i'm trying to get this girl but i've also got this girl that's right here but it was just so back and forth until the climactic you know i'm gonna do i'm gonna go for ariel that's here and he throws the the flute into the water and then he goes <laughs> to to go and then all of a sudden he's like oh oh she's here all along and then he's under the spell I was yeah. just like, bro, the, come on. When else have we ever seen an epic flute toss? I can't think of any other epic flute tosses. It's one for the ages. It's just kind of funny where it's like, this is my defining moment. I'm going to chuck a flute into the ocean. It was it was special. I, I, I didn't. There were moments I appreciated his, and his trying to be the hero. But at the same time, there was some so, so oblivious to like. It is on. it is fun. Um, each character, I love the introduction of each character and the way that we're just kind of the, the way that they're brought in. Um, each character is very much a an animated character like it's it's almost a caricature. It's not a well-rounded person or story, but they're just kind of fun. 
and the image of the of the character matches a little bit of that personality of the character. Um, and, and I and I appreciate just kind of the diversity of the cast of characters there, you know. Um, but it, I think what you're getting at with Eric is none of them are really deep. You know, there's really like and probably the shallowest is Ariel. Like, it's just like, I think walking on ground is cool and I want to do that. <laughs> oh, and I saw this really cute guy and I'd like to be with him. You know, it's like uh, and part of your world, you know, it's a little teenage angsty a little bit, you know, and it's, it is a good song. But like, really, when you're looking at characters like, OK, this is kind of flat. Or I think you get into other like Bell and Beast, you know, OK, we start getting better at deepening those characters a bit. But this is very yes. much like, OK, sure. As a random aside, why is the conductor Prince Triton or King Triton's best friend and confidant? Why is Sebastian, who's just a conductor, that's all he does, <laughs> that, that's all he is. That's, that's just a story thing that was like, why is he... Shouldn't like his like army, like the sergeant or something like that. No, it's the it's the crab that plays the music and put and, well, and it puts shows his daughters. you that they are a musical kingdom at their core. And right, it is though, it is fitting. Like the music is the heart of the movie. It is the core of what makes the Little Mermaid the movie. So sure, why not the conductor be the right hand man and confidant? I think. He gets the my two favorite songs by far of um, Under the Sea and Kiss the Girl. <laughs> like, those are just two wonderful. Um, if you haven't gone back through and, like, read some of the lyrics, I think that was one of the things that struck me was hearing the lyrics of Under the Sea and just how, you know, masterful some of those are. I love the, but fish in the bowl is lucky. They in worse fate one day when the boss get hungry, guess who's going to be on the plate? Was he was he doing a Jamaican style accent or what? What was yes, that? What it was is that? Jamaican. OK. And you need to again, this documentary is fantastic. It is wake waking sleeping beauty. OK. And there's a whole discussion in the documentary about um, again, Howard Ashman's like he needs to be Jamaican. And they're all like, what? No, not Jamaican. This is, and he's like. No, the, he needs to be Jamaican. It'll just work. And so they just did it because they it's just so like, random. and it's like, sure, it it doesn't make sense, but it it works. It okay. makes them kind of <laughs> fun and, and kind of creative. So moving towards the parenting side of this conversation, what jumped out to you as a dad? So Lewis loved this movie. Like he wouldn't stop moving and dancing Aww. and just like loving the the movie. Can picture um, him right now. I forgot how much fun the chef scene was oh, when the yeah. chef is trying to oh, cook Sebastian. Yes. Like that is it. comic genius, just kind of that slapstick humor that is really funny. The the bird, the seagull. Scuttle yes. was was Buddy's favorite. When he first plays with the dingle hopper and poofs out his hair, he just cackled. He just cackles like, oh, dingle hopper. It was just like <laughs> he totally got it. He was totally into it. There were several other moments of just, but that's his favorite is like just the stupid physical comedy 
And so he was all about that. He was, I think he was fine with the rest of it. He was kind of watching it. And what was actually funny was once it was over, he then turned to me and was like, shrink the kids, shrink the kids. <laughs> he really just wanted to rewatch uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids again. But he Scuttle did Scuttle is books. a fun character. I forgot how hilarious just as an adult, how funny his explanations of stuff are. Oh, when he's describing the fork and the pipe. Yes. I haven't seen this and in even a like long towards the end, time. A this couple. is, uh, and he comes up with some crazy name that is nothing. It, it's hilarious. It's, it's, yeah, I absolutely love that. But I definitely found myself, uh, scream, almost screaming at the TV, don't go back for the dingle hopper as like the shark <laughs> is coming in. I'm like, ah, oh. and can we just talk about how much of a kleptomaniac Ariel is? Like everything. And then she's like, holding on to the bust of Prince Eric in the bottom of this right before her dad How did comes she in. get him the bust in there? I mean, I don't know. I know I weight know. is a little bit different underwater. I mean, I'm we not a, a physicist. physicist but, we need a physicist to hear. But still, that's a lot for a teenage mermaid. Mermaid. I don't know how strong mermaids are. I'm comparing them to 16-year-old girls that are in, in real life, and I don't think any of them are going to be moving a that giant thing. stone statue. <laughs> and and furthermore, I think this was just kind of like my dad moment of going, hold on. How did Eric not see a giant stone statue sitting in the middle of a ship in the middle of the ocean? Like, that probably took a lot to get it on there. Yeah. Just so that they can show it to him. And guess what? Like, we're going to have to take it off the ship and yep. put it back on land. Why didn't we just do this whole ceremony on land? These are the things that they don't want us asking. They just want us to turn no, off our like, brain. And these are and... things that you don't ask when you watch it as a kid. But when you watch it back again as a dad and you're like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Why are sense. we bringing a giant stone statue in the middle of a, a wooden sailing vessel? <laughs> also that we can just like, oh, happy birthday. Let's show it to you. And then I feel for the poor ship hands that are like, wait. I just dragged this giant yep. heavy thing on mm -hmm. here, and now you're just going to have me drag it off. And he didn't even like it. <laughs> but luckily, a storm comes and it sinks to the bottom of the ocean, so if they, it don't, wasn't, they if, don't have to put it back on land. Yeah, that's the only thing they were excited about, other than barely surviving for their for their <laughs> lives. So things that you see that you didn't notice as a kid, but so what is our uh, what's your fruit snack rating for the Little Mermaid? How many fruit snacks do you give it? My fruit snack rating for this, it's hard because the music is so iconic and the story doesn't do a ton for me. Had had many feelings during the fight with her and her dad and when he destroys everything in her place like so many emotions for that but like overall it just wasn't doing that much much for me and i i, I don't remember i'm i remember watching it a lot as a kid just because it was another disney movie to turn on but it's not like my go-to when i'm sitting there thinking what's the disney movie i really want to watch right now so i would i'm gonna i'm just gonna i'm gonna give it i mean it's hard to give it less than three stars just for the music alone like it's hard to go below that because that would make it a bad movie, like a not a great movie. I I like it more than I like Oliver and Company, but I'm gonna I'm Which gonna. We keep gave it at three. Oliver two out of five. Two out of five. So I'm gonna give it three fruit snacks. 
Um, I've deliberated on this <clears throat> quite a lot. Who did you deliberate with? With Sarah or just yourself? Internally. Internal uh, deliberation. And I think I would give it three and a half. Okay, so you're going to bite half of one off. I'm going to bite half of one off, just eat it, and then give that half to um, to The Little Mermaid. So three and a half. <laughs> I, I think it is just masterful music. And I think a lot of people have dubbed this, you know, Broadway coming to animation. Um, and a lot of the, 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 the actors, the voice actors who did the characters were Broadway. That's where Alan Minken and Howard Shore come from. Um, I just, I think they're um, Howard Ashman, sorry. Um, and they, I, I just, the music to me is just, it carries the whole thing. It does. It does. What, um, going back to a little bit to parenting stuff, one of our questions that we like to ask is, what if their parents weren't dead? Where's the mom? Who is the we mom? We don't have, and he's got a, a lot of, lot of child, children. Do you think that he had one wife for all of these merwomen, mer mermaids? Did he have multiples? I did notice that a lot of these sisters, they really took no time at all to, create unique looking they all look no, like the it's same like, person let's change their hair color and, and their... let's change the color of their seashell bra and it'll be good <laughs> that was the and like and then ariel looks completely different than the rest of them right just none of them can have red hair that's only I, ariel i think for 100 sure if there's a mom in this situation we're gonna get that that quintessential scene of the dad and the and the daughter have the fight, and then the mom comes in to pick up the pieces and put her head on her shoulder. If we have that, we don't have Ursula. We don't have right. Mom the rest is of not it. dropping an ultimatum. No, mom is not going in and blowing up her cave of thievery. We're getting a heartfelt. It'll be okay, honey. Dad just Let's, wants what's best, but yeah, he yeah, he yeah. still loves you. All of those, all of those things that we would expect them from. Right. But Prince Eric, does he, so the old guy is, is grandpa or dad? Like, I got a little confused there. He, yeah, I guess we never saw, I guess Prince Eric, we didn't see a dad from him either, did we? I think like he's, no... I think he's the steward, like he's the, he's been trusted the to steward. take care of him. Like <laughs> the steward of Gondor, the steward of Gondor. No, he's, he's like, um, the president's right hand. What, uh, uh the chief of staff, chief of staff. You, you said it so perfectly. <laughs> we need at least a couple of West wing episode, uh, references in here, but he is the chief of staff where he's, yeah. he's, I said steward and that might be the oldie old timey term for it, but he does. <laughs> I think he's, I think that's who he is. And his main task is just, Getting, get him married. Getting get Eric married, but I did. I forgot that Eric doesn't show that he has any parents in this. So uh, this next question is interesting because it's actually happening. Um, how would this movie be different in 2020? They're actively filming a remake. Yes, yes. With Melissa McCarthy as Ursula, which oh, I can't wait. Stop. And stop. David Diggs as Sebastian. Thomas Jefferson from Hamilton. I'm our I can I I'm I need some place to throw my money. I'm yep. I'm totally down for this. Oh man. And it's that... Gary Marshall. Gary Marshall is the director. Okay. Okay. He's I, done a lot of musicals. With certainty, you can you can save this clip and 
call me out on it whenever this movie comes out. If I'm wrong, but I don't think I am, hundred percent sure you can you can go ahead. They they can already start from this as the script. In the end, Ariel will kill Ursula. <laughs> Women's empowerment, all the things. Not like, Eric. Eric. Eric will, will not be the one to kill Ursula. It will be Ariel. Hundred percent. You can write that in stone. Write that in pen. It's happening. It's 2020. Well, that's that's the world we live in. It it is going to be. So there is new music being added to it. Wait a minute. Is this this? Okay, they're gonna do like the what they've done with the other ones and add. Here's a one new song. Like one new Aladdin song, maybe an, you know another one. Hopefully, it's better but, than the one from Aladdin. But so it's Alan Minken coming back to write the music for it, and lyrics by Lin Manuel Miranda. I mean, I, I, I've still got more money to give you. They make so much money off of these live action remakes. Like oh, it yeah. is just stupid how much money. Eddie, they did make. you pay no. thirty doll hairs no. for? No. for I already Mulan. paid for that. I, and the worst mistake that they made was okay. You can pay thirty bucks to watch Mulan right now, but you can watch it for free in December. It's like I'm yeah. sorry, I've already been waiting. You know, at least six months since March, I can wait another four months and get it for free. I but really you took hope... Mushu out of it. All right. Don't take Mushu out of it and then try and take my money. But that's another time. We'll get to Mulan in the future. I was excited to watch Mu- Mulan and I just don't feel like paying $30. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm extra money. I, but it's not. Uh, the live action movies, they make a ton of money. So it, it, I think The Little Mermaid was the one that as they started to do this, they were the most nervous about touching because it is a sacred Disney movie. It is what turned the tide for them. No pun intended. Gotcha. Are you saying Little Mermaid? They've been scared about making yeah, live yeah. action. Oh, and it's yeah, under and it's and it's an underwater feature, so that just complicates it even more. So I feel but it it, I feel it like- is um, it's not as you know like I think Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and Lion King are better, but it's though they're they're just little mermaids a little more beloved it's there there's something and there's something when we talk about going from the dark age to this oliver and company was literally the year before but Mm -hmm. it's such a there's a this has star potential for the little mermaid with everything so interesting to tie in uh again i'm talking a lot about howard ashman here uh they brought him in to write somewhere in new york city for oliver and company Oh, and we're so impressed and enjoyed working with him. Um, he somehow, you know, like, hey, what else are you guys working on? And they said, hey, let's show you this other project. We're working on adapting the fairy tale, the Hans Christian Andersen tale, The Little Mermaid. And he just started like tossing out a lot of wow. these big ideas that we've talked about. And they're like, we need to hire you for this. That's incredible. so that's how he got he got in. The Little Mermaid that we have today is because they brought him in to write one song for Oliver and Company. So thank you, Oliver and Company. I should have given mm-hmm. you more fruit snacks. Yep. Because of yep, that. Just for that. For that uh, we skipped bit. over this, but would you let your daughter date Prince Eric? Oh, heck no. 
I wouldn't I wouldn't be storming him out of the house if he showed up. I'd be more like, I need to keep my eye on him. He did save that cat that one time. Dog. He, he, he did the dog, whatever. He, Which is better. If he saved the cat, I would have been like, yeah. yeah, no. He saved the dog. He saved the people. He has a good heart about him. He's just kind of oblivious and he needs to grow up a little bit. I think, yeah, I think I'd be, I wouldn't be excited if he brought her home. I'd be like, I think you can do better, baby. I think, I think you got <laughs> better potential. He does come with a kingdom. He does come with a kingdom. Do it's you? pretty good dowry. It is, it, it is nice. And he's got to be the one to pay. I don't have to pay that, pay that dowry. Um, so what are some of the unintended morals oh, that we face here? Oh, I got, I got some good ones. Okay. First Lay off, on first off. Contracts are more powerful than magic. Yes. I love I when I, I it came to me when I watched it and I was just like, this is the under like that the all the contract that, lawyers are like, yes, finally, we finally. have validity. All the tax guys are just like <laughs> the IRS are feeling their power. This is their Disney movie for them. Also, uh walking is worth losing your family for. Mm. You should always choose walking over your family. So yeah, that is um, kind of one of the sad uh, morals of the story is like the willingness to just throw your family out the window. Throw everybody for, away. And I don't know if that gets reconciled enough for me at the end. It no, kind of does. It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, I think one of the sweetest moments is, you know, Triton taking on her punishment. Yeah, I'll, say, I'll, get, I'll give him that. That's kind of a, a sweet kind of moral there i guess of fathers laying their life down for their daughters it's it's sweet so so eddie any 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 tips any dad tips after watching this dad tips um <laughs> i i think that was the the big one of just kind of the uh don't let the momentary desires make you throw away something that is so important and treasured that was i mean i know that's a little serious but it's it it, it did kind of stick with me where i'm like oh maybe somebody needed to pull her you know it's like come on flounder like flounder what is your job here like you're just swimming what's up with Why all these you stop having... and say ariel really you want to give up your whole family for this what's up with all these movies having bad take caretakers just bad people who are supposed to be in charge of the children that's my yeah. tip. That's my tip for you. If someone's going to be in charge of your children, make sure that they're actually doing their job. Don't just yeah, throw don't, them. Just don't, don't get throw two of them out there. So that is The Little Mermaid. Two dudes talking about The Little Mermaid. Uh, thank you for listening. Before you go, please go to our website, honeywemade.com. We have a listener question today for you to for you to answer. You can even answer previous week's questions. But Eddie, what is a listener question we can add? for them to for them to fill out. So for this week's uh, listener question, uh, I said that my favorite songs, it's kind of split there, Under the Sea, Kiss the Girl, I think I would lean more towards Under the Sea. Uh, that's my favorite song. We want to know what is your favorite song from The Little Mermaid since it is truly what makes this movie. So let us know what is your favorite song from The Little Mermaid. And thanks for listening. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on all the Instagrams and Twitters and Facebooks and such out there, which is at Honey We Made. Uh, next movie we are going to be tackling is DuckTales. Woo!
So please uh, subscribe so you can get told of when the next episode is going to be out. And we've got a couple of episodes that we've done before this. So sorry, but Eddie, you said you got to hit hit the road now. You got something happening. I need to load the dishwasher. Load the dishwasher. I got to go pick up my daughter who's uh, melting down in, pu- in, in pieces on the floor in her Disney Princess mode. So I got to go do that. But 